I was thrilled to meet with Nancy and Daniel about their daughter, Aviana, who at age three was diagnosed with a condition so rare there are only 28 in the world with it. In fact, it doesn't really even have a name yet and is referred to only as PPP2R5D. Nancy, when did you find out that your daughter had issues? I feel like when she was probably a couple months when she wasn't able to do the typical milestones at that time, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And you had it, and you went to doctors. Yes, we went to her primary, and she suggested to start physical therapy, and that's what was the first thing. And then um, just noticed more mild milestones that weren't able to be reached and we started getting referrals to go to a geneticist or a neurologist, I think as well too. And that's when the guessing games began. When did they actually come up with the diagnosis? It would be three years uh, in the summer. So it took them three years? So she, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what is that diagnosis? Uh, it's a variation of PPP2R5D. And how many people in the world have this same diagnosis? Around the world that we know of, there's around 28 or so families that have a loved one. A very rare condition. Yes. Okay. So, Daniel, what were your thoughts about when you finally got a diagnosis three years in that you had a child with, with PPP2R5D? <laughs> um, I, I mean, at first, I, it, it kind of took a while to. Um, I, I probably spent several weeks thinking about it because you know you always. Uh, I mean, being a, a first-time parent, you know, you hear about families or parents that have a child with you know disabilities, and you never think it could once be you. It's just something that you had to just accept it, and you know, there's nothing that we could do other than. You know, just love her and try to get her the help that that she needs, which mom, you know, does a great job of. And it was it was tough. It was tough for sure. So, what type of things do you do you need to do with her? Well, right now it's just a full time, you know, schedule of therapies. Her biggest thing is her her speech. So she does two hours of speech a week in school and then out of school and then she has physical therapy because of her low muscle tone. Um, we go to Utah. Now it's every six months. Before it was every three months. We would fly to Utah for her severe scoliosis so she could get treated at the hospital there for it. And just a bunch of, of therapies and also looking on the computer for other ideas and see if another report comes up of things, more information about her mutation because we don't know anything. Our kids are what's giving all the doctors information for it. Right. So, Daniel, what, what are some of the hard things? What are some of the challenges that, that you've experienced in having a daughter with a disability? I mean, she's she's six now, and I, I just had a conversation with another parent, you know, just a couple of days ago about this. Is is during that time in the beginning, it, it was tough, especially now, probably more with her brother. He's able to do things that she isn't. He's so much further advanced that you can see she has, uh, you know, she she struggles in in areas. When as time passed, I almost just got used to it and I almost felt as if nothing was wrong you know with her that was just her but I, I think things really set in once she's around other kids not so much with the brother anymore but like when she's with a group of kids playing and 
you know, they're all able to run around, jump up and down, up and down slides, and, you know, have conversations with their parents. It's it, it definitely, it, it's tough to, you know, just think about really. Sure. You know, tough to see, so. Sure. Let me ask you the same question. What, are, what, what has been the hard parts for, for you? I mean, obviously there's, there's all the therapies and those sorts of things, but what else has been tough for you? I think that being able to even have a, a conversation with her, like, how was your day at school? And her like, being able to respond, like, oh, I did this or this. She's, she's not able to do that kind of thing, you know? Or like he said, do a lot of the stuff that other kids can do, like go, go down a slide or, you know, race with somebody. Or there's a lot of times when we are in a group of people and kids are playing with each other and she's just kind of doing her own thing, standing back, playing with herself, you know, like just playing with other stuff and not around all the other kids kids I think that's the hardest thing and thinking about how is her future gonna be sure and to give you a, a, a good picture maybe of of what she's describing as is now when, when she started school or as you know she's been going to school it's she's definitely come a long way but before it was almost like a game of charades you know where she would do signs and grunts and groans and you would have to figure out like what she wanted and then it slowly turned into one word or two words and now she's able to put a few more words together so um, you know us being around her every day we, we can probably understand her as to where somebody you know friends or others they wouldn't be able to pick up what she's trying to say um, so it, it's a lot better now in the beginnings it was it was really tough you know because she was she was uh, severely delayed and you know uh, several categories and the, the biggest thing was like she said speech you know that was that was tough that's always something in the back of my mind that uh, friends with with kids they a year even two years younger they you know speak full sentences they needed something they could you know talk to their kid and tough not being able to do the same sure a little easier question perhaps Nancy what are the joys she sees everything in just like a completely other other light she's so happy she doesn't she makes like a bad situation or a sad situation make it she just sees i don't know like the best outcome of it and she she fights she never gives up she's always trying her best and she's just so caring and has such a beautiful soul sure what are what are your joys um she's a i mean she's a she's a fighter there was a, a friend that probably said it best there's problems you know around the world that we complain about the you know the smallest things and you know everything that she has to go to she's you know still wakes up every day with a smile on her face you know as if everything's okay just just for that alone i love her for you know so what has been her impact you think on on your family she's the oldest at least of the, of the children that you have and so what's been that impact as well as the impact on your extended uh, families or even neighbors or that she, that she in, interacts with I, I got this feeling since the day she was born. Everyone always told her when I talked to family members or when I talked to friends, they were parents, but they would always say, you know, everything's going to turn out okay. You know, and this went on for years and I saw that things weren't okay. And I think till this day, I don't, I don't think everybody understands. They spend maybe a couple hours with her where we see, she, she when she's, when when she's with us by herself she acts totally different she's more she keeps more to herself when she's around families or or friends so i, I think they're not able to see entirely what what we go through or what we have to deal with on a daily basis 
What are your thoughts about impact of, of her life on others that she associates with? The same thing, like never giving up on things. They see that all the things she's been through and she still does everything with a smile on her face and continues to fight to learn. Like everything takes her so much more work to even like walk across the street, but she's still going. And I think for our family, not to give up, to keep going, appreciate the small, simple things in life too. Knowing what you know now, if, if I came to you with a, with a child, either a young child or somehow in, in utero it was diagnosed that she, that my child had this, this same diagnosis, what advice would you give me? Don't give up fighting for your child. Be their biggest advocate because if that wasn't the case for us, I don't know where she would be right now, if she would even be able to walk, talk. Um, yeah, just fight for them and be, like I said, their biggest advocate. When we were diagnosed, when she, they gave us her diagnosis, the doctor basically said, this is what she has. I can't give you any information. We have nothing to give you. This is it. It was just a piece of paper of different words and letters. I had no idea what they meant. And when they told us there was only about seven families in the world that they knew. And I remember coming home and searching online and not finding anything and reaching out to different doctors and like, um, other research centers and asking for anything and nothing was there and then we went and posted this big thing on social media and we found a couple families and then we started a Facebook page and now we have an organization that's gonna help fund research for their mutation because of it and if it wasn't for the parents fight for their kids I don't think we would have any of the things that we do. Oh, that's great. Is it worth it? A hundred percent. And she might not see any of the outcome of all the research, but she's going to help change the world and help others out there. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you guys. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me. Thank you. <laughs>